0: Hey G12 family, welcome to our podcast. We are so excited to have you here. We know this message will draw you closer to God's word, his will, and his way wherever you are. Enjoy the message. Good evening guys. Welcome to G12 Church Online. Woo! <laughs> and give it up for our amazing worship team. And today I want to speak about Stronger Together. Stronger Together. And... I was reading about the Panama Canal and it's truly amazing. It's one of the seven wonders of the earth. And what does it do? It unites the Atlantic Ocean with the Pacific Ocean in just eight to 10 hours. It's amazing. I had the opportunity to see it and the engineering and everything. It's truly, truly like out of this world. But how did it start? It started in 1881 under the leadership of the French government, but after many years like nothing was really advancing and you know many workers were dying because there was a disease going on, the yellow fever and mosquitoes and like they didn't know how to keep moving this thing. So in 1904, President Theodore Roosevelt from the United States take this project and he starts working in something that's called unity, alignment, bringing everyone together with the same purpose and fighting all the opposition that was coming and the government and even the country was in war. All these obstacles, but they were able to complete it after 10 years. And it's amazing. Right now, as I said, it only takes eight to 10 hours for p- for the ships to go through both oceans. Before, it used to take approximately two and a half months. So this was a great project. Now let's look at the Tower of Babel. The Tower of Babel is a story we find in Genesis 11 and it speaks about the unity of the people. At that time, the people only spoke one language and everyone started developing their gifts and as as they started developing their gifts, they started to get away from God. And they said, oh, we're going to build this great tower and we're going to reach the sky. But they didn't want to use it or do it to glorify God. They wanted to do it to glorify themselves. And God didn't like this. So look at what God says in Genesis 11, verse 6. He says, look, he said, the people are united and they all speak the same language. After this, nothing they set out to do will be impossible for them and if you can repeat that with me say nothing they set out to do will be impossible for them so this is a negative story but with a positive principle when people work together nothing will be impossible for them whether it's a good thing or a bad thing i was also Looking at the Belgian horses, I don't know if you've seen those Belgian horses. They're really strong, beautiful, like huge, muscular, very, very strong. They can pull up to 8,000 pounds on their own. One horse can pull up to 8,000 by himself. But if you put them together with another horse that they've never met, for example, one horse is from Florida, the other one from Tennessee, you just put them together to pull something like they plow on their plow horses, they can pull not sixteen thousand which be the double but twenty-two thousand pounds. But if you put him now together with a horse that he has trained with, that perhaps that horse grew up with, together they can pull up to thirty two thousand pounds, which is like four times more. So this is the power of unity. When these horses work together and they've been training together, they were able to go four times stronger. And I love what Maddie Stepanek said about unity. He says, unity is strength. When there is teamwork and collaboration, wonderful things can be achieved. I also loved Jesus' prayer on unity, You know, this was Jesus' prayer right before he went to be crucified, right before he went to the cross. So in John 17, verse 20 and 21, it says, I am praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. I pray that they will all be one, just as you and I are one. As you are in me, Father, and I am in you. And may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. And I love this prayer because Jesus was praying for all of us, all of everyone who believes in Jesus. He said, just as I am one with the Father, I want them to be one. That is my prayer. And that was his last prayer before going and being sacrificed and he didn't pray for prosperity he didn't pray for the power of God to fall on them he prayed for unity that was his last wish and there needs to be unity in us there needs to be unity in in your marriage if you have a husband or a wife there needs to be unity there needs to be that synergy that you guys can come together and work together there needs to be unity in your house there needs to be unity with other believers you know God was really ministering to me because I find like sometimes we're just competing against each other we're just competing against other churches but at the end of the day everyone is working their best and we are just adding people to God's kingdom so we shouldn't compete against each other but we should celebrate what other people are doing celebrate what other churches are doing i am amazed how during this time people are really searching about god people are really searching about the bible you know it's one of the most googled questions people really want to find out about god and if people are searching them in your church and i find them them in your church i finding god in your church that's great but if they're finding god in other churches that's great too let's come together and let's celebrate Because this is what God wants. God wants us to work in unity and also as believers. And why does he want us to work together? Because he says that after we work together, it's so that they will believe. So when we're able to work together, that's going to make even unchurched people believe more in the gospel. And I want to ask you, are you united with the right type of people? Are you united with the right type of people? Because a lot of times we can be one same spirit but with the wrong type of people. So just see who you're hanging out with, you know. See who, who's like your buddy, your friend, someone that maybe you can talk to. Is that the right person that you should hang out with? Or is it like someone who's like taking you away from God? So are you, what kind of people are you hanging out with? And are you really united with the right type of people? What are some of the enemies of unity? One of them is lack of clarity. Then the second one is poor communication. And the third one is when you're only looking for a personal benefit. And when you speak about lack of clarity, God has been speaking to me this so much, even in my house. Um, I've been trying to make things really, really clear between me and my husband and my kids as well because if you're not clear, then there's not gonna be unity in your house. And a lot of times we're not clear, like, who's gonna do what, or who's gonna pay what, or what, how's our schedule gonna work out, all these things. So we've been working with my husband in these things, and now that our kids are home and they don't go to school, so we've had to become homeschool parents, right? And then we still have a full-time job, so we gotta make things work. And now, you know, I'm still in school. I'm, well, I graduated, but I have one class left, so I'm still in school. So we have to really work with our schedule. And it's really worked for us to make really clear schedules, like what shifts are you taking with the kids, what shifts are take taking, and then just concentrating on working, concentrating on studying. And when we do this, then things work really well, because there's clarity and the kids know that they, they're not allowed to come in when mom is there or when dad is there. And then Julian, if the kids are crying or whatever, it's his problem. You know, <laughs> it's not my problem. It's the same thing with me. and It's my problem as well. Um, but this has really helped us to focus because, b- you know, right when all these things started, we just we were like, oh, let's just see how it works. And then we were all both working and watching the kids at the same time. That doesn't work. So one day we were there, we were just like working. And then we left our kids in the garden and they were there and they were like, oh, they're playing right there. They're fine. Um, then like after an hour later, we go and check on them. They had taken one of the um, black paint that we had in the garage and they just started painting like the floor right there. And we're like, oh my gosh, obviously, you know, You gotta correct them (laughs) as well. (laughs) You get so mad, and then it's gonna cost you more money because someone has to come and help you clean all that. So it's like you know you can't do both things at the same time. And you, you especially when you have little kids, you have to be watching them. But it's really helped us to have extreme amount of clarity. Another thing is poor communication. And this is living according to your values. You know, as a, as a church and us personally, we ha- have some certain values that we live by. And and uh, we've said here in our church as well, is like number one, Jesus is first. My priorities will always be in order. We know that if Jesus is first, then I, I'm i gonna seek him first. You know, what's, what's the first thing you do in the morning? Is it perhaps go your social media or text someone? Or I don't know what it is that you do, but, you know, those moments when you wake up are key. And I try to wake up earlier before, obviously, my kids wake up. And I try to have that moment with God because I know that if Jesus is first, I got to make him first. So think about that. You know, I am a leader. It's not something that I do. It is who I am, something that I try to live by. It's not something I try to do. I try to be like, and live as a leader. I honor others to honor God. And so I'm, I'm constantly and intentionally trying to see who can I honor as well and make them feel great and celebrate people. And repetition is important. That's why it's when you don't have communication and when you're not clear constantly, then people are gonna be a little bit lost. So that's why you gotta keep repeating yourself. Don't feel like you're repeating yourself. Just feel like these are our values, let's live by these. and tell them over and over and over again, and that's why, and how you're gonna create that culture of clarity of the good h- communication and unity in the same spirit. And I was looking at the Legos, you know, I, I bought my kids some Legos recently, and we started building some things. But when you have just one Lego, it's like, it's just right there, like nothing is really being done. But as you start building something, I found this really cool picture of a church that was built by Legos. And it looks amazing. And this is what God was telling me. That a lot of times we are like that Lego. That a lot of times we're just building things on our own. And perhaps we're just looking for our own benefit. But as we come together with our gifts, because this is the amazing thing of the gospel is this for me. And it's truly amazing that we're all different parts in the body. Imagine if everyone was an eye or if everyone was an ear or if everyone was a hand, then there wouldn't really be a body. But God is calling us that we are that body and everyone has different gifts and everyone has different things that they can contribute in the church. And it says like, as we are all together, we can build this great church. And this is what, what the word says in 1 Peter 2.5, 1 Peter 2.5. It says, you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house. You yourselves, like living stones, are being built up. As a spiritual house. So this is the way God sees us. He wants to raise his church. And he sees us as those living and powerful stones. And this is the way I see you as well. You know, I I know that you have a gift. You have a voice. You have something you want to say. This is the time where we can come together and we can become one church. And can you can you say that where you are? Can you say we are the church? Say one more time, we are the church. Are the church. You know, I love the book of Acts and it's one of my I, I think it's my favorite book. And this is exactly how the church started. You know, the the, the church didn't stand didn't start at a synagogue or it didn't start at a, at a building, but it actually it started At a house. It started in the upper room. And the cool thing is that Jesus told them, you know, therefore go and make disciples. And you will be filled. And then wait for the Holy Spirit there. So they were obedient. They went to the upper room to a house. And that's when the church started. And I find this really amazing. Because they didn't know what their future was going to be. They didn't know if they were going to become a church. Nothing. They were just obedient. But when they were there in that house and the power of the Holy Spirit came upon them, that's when the church was born. It was in a house. And I, I've been thinking that, you know, with this pandemic and everything that's going on, really what God is doing is that he's making your house a church. So can you say that? My house is a church. My house is a church. Is a church. That's what God is doing like we're not depending on these four walls. But the beautiful thing is that we're going back to the original. We're going back to where it all started in the book of Acts, where, where the believers were just gathering in their homes. And, and the, the most amazing thing to me, it was that this was a sacrificial church. They, they weren't in it for their own benefit. But they were in it truly to help each other out. And look at what Acts 2, 44 and 45 says. It says, And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. I love this. And I believe this is what church is all about. Is about caring for each other. It's about sacrificing something for my brother or my sister. And maybe during this time, you've been just holding things to your own benefit. And maybe instead of giving, you've been like giving less. Even giving, before you used to tithe, now maybe you're only giving 5%, 2%. Because maybe you're in fear or you're in uncertainty and you don't know what's going to happen. But this church, the amazing thing is that, you know what? They were persecuted. They didn't know where they, when they were going to die. But they didn't care because they had a future. They knew that if they followed Jesus, that was the greatest thing ever. And they were willing to give up even their own lives for this church, for the people. And this is what God is calling you to do God is calling you today to be part of that sacrificial church so think about this what can you do to benefit other people and what can I sacrifice this week to help someone just ask yourself that question what can I sacrifice this week to help someone Maybe it could even be a phone call. Maybe it could be like, hey, you know, everything's going to be okay. God put in my heart to just pray for you today. What do you need? Or maybe you just send them some money if you, if God puts it in your heart. Or you send them like toilet paper. You know, one of my friends and disciples, she's like, I ordered you some wipes. And I was like, wow, thank you. That was unexpected. But I really needed them because... I have three little kids, so it's like, what do you, what do you, what can you do? It's like simple things like that, that maybe you can bless someone else, and you can become part of that sacrificial church. And I believe as we all do this, we can become stronger because even though we are apart, now we don't have to depend in a building. We don't have to depend on a building. We can. Just be the church Jesus wants us to be from our houses. But this is a time to be even more united in spirit. Even more united in prayer. Even more united in sacrifice as well. And I believe this is a word for you today. You are the church. And maybe if you've thought of maybe even leaving church because... I feel like some people have been thinking that and saying like, oh, you know, my leader is God. I don't need anyone else. I'm good here. Maybe if you've had these thoughts, you know, I'm telling you, you are very important. You're super important for this church. And God wants to use your gifts. God wants to use what you bring because you're part of the body of Christ. And we really value all of that. So right there where you are, just think about this. And say, God, I want to become one with my brothers and my sisters. I want to become one in Christ. And I want to be part of this team, the team of one. And just as you prayed, as the Father and I are one, I want them to become one. Jesus, we want to be part of that. We want to be part of that unity. And I will. we believe that we are stronger together. So right there where you are, just Lift up your hands and say, I receive this word. I receive this word. I want to be one. I want to be one with you, Jesus. I want to be one with the Father. I want to be one with my brothers and my sisters. And you know what? I even feel like some people have had like some arguments, maybe in your marriage. Maybe you've had some arguments with a co-worker, with someone close to you. It's time for you to fix those things and address the issue. Maybe say, tell them to forgive you. You know That's gonna bring unity and you're gonna feel like so good. Those little things that still bother you, that are still in your heart, talk about those things. And I assure you that you're gonna feel that unity, unity with Jesus and unity with the people that surround you and unity with the people in this church thank you Jesus I pray for the power of unity today we are stronger together we are stronger together and we're gonna be able to share with each other we want to be part of that sacrificial church we want to be part of that generous church we want to be part of that church that it says that we are living stones and we are building up that spiritual house this is what we're doing As we proclaim your name in our houses, and we proclaim your name where we are. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.
1: And just worship Jesus with this song. You take what the enemy meant for evil, and you turn it for good. You turn it for good. You take what the enemy meant for evil, and you turn it for good. What the enemy meant for evil, and you turn it for good. You turn it for good. You take what the enemy meant for evil, and you turn it for good. You turn it for good. I'm gonna see a victory. I'm gonna see a victory. A victory I'm gonna see a victory for the battle belongs to you Lord you take, you take what the enemy meant for evil and you turn it for good you turn it for good you take what the enemy meant for evil and you turn it for good. You turn it for good. Take. And you turn it for God, And you turn it for God.
0: Thank you, Jesus. We thank you, God. We just accept you inside our hearts. And we just ask you to become our Lord and our Savior. Make us one with you, Lord. And we just give you everything. Our hearts, our lives, our families. Take everything, Lord. We give it to you. Help us to become one in this church. In your name we pray. Amen. Thanks so much for tuning in. Before you go, make sure to click the follow button so you never miss what's new. We would love to connect with you. You can follow us on Instagram at G12Church and share with us how this message has
1: impacted you. Until next time.